Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Now, God never planned for the Old Testament priesthood to be permanent. The Old Testament people didn't really understand that. Maybe a few of the prophets did. But it was given as a picture or a shadow of the real in the ideal priesthood that would come in Jesus Christ. Remember John 1.17, you can write that down and think about it later. It says, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Humans like things, their lives, activities, and people, to be reliable and stable. They tend to not like change, except in the most minimal of ways. Large, radical changes tend to be not only disliked, but opposed. This is even more true when it comes to religious activities and rules. In Pastor Mark's teaching today, he'll talk about how thinking that the way we've always done things can cause you to miss God's best. He'll show how pursuing God through hard times is better than going back to what seems like peace. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 7 as he begins his message, Jesus, our High Priest. Hebrews chapter 7. Maybe you've had this situation happen in your life. You have a question about a piece of equipment you bought, and there's an 800 number to call. I can tell you've had it. (laughs) You call the number, and the first thing you hear is this. Please listen carefully to the following sections because they've changed recently. As if we knew that, we had no idea before what they were. And so you listen, and you listen, and you listen. And you're hoping somewhere there is, can I speak to somebody that's breathing, please? But of course you don't get there. Then you dial, you hang up, you call again, and immediately you press zero. And they say, this is an invalid what? You've been there, haven't you? So sometimes we've learned things. Sometimes you have to press zero twice. So you call again, boom, boom, boom. And depends on the company, sometimes you'll get there. But very often you don't. And finally, they'll say, if if you want to talk to somebody real, just remain on the line. And you do. And you wait. And then they come on and say this. The call time is about, and you brace yourself, don't you? About four minutes. 
Waiting, waiting, waiting. You finally get somebody. Hello, may I help you? Yes, I have a question about this part or whatever. Please hold for a moment. We've been there, haven't we? Well, access to God is not like that at all. Praise God. And we were reminded that the priesthood was important, essential. The priests were the access to God in the Old Testament under the Old covenant. In the Old Testament, the priest was a bridge builder. The priest was a bridge builder to God. We begin in verse 18. Now, the former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless. For the law made nothing perfect, and a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. In these two verses, we see a contrast. It's a contrast between the weakness of the law, which was the former regulation spoken about here, and the strength or the power of the new covenant, the weakness of the old covenant and the strength of the new covenant. The law which set up the rules for the Aaronic priesthood, well, had been canceled eventually when Jesus came on the scene because, as you see from these verses, it was useless and unprofitable. The law never could give man real forgiveness. The law simply kofar, covered the sin of man. The law never gave man the power to say no to sin, let alone have access to God directly. Now, God never planned for the Old Testament priesthood to be permanent. The Old Testament people didn't really understand that. Maybe a few of the prophets did. But it was given as a picture or a shadow of the real in the ideal priesthood that would come in Jesus Christ. Remember John 1.17, you can write that down and think about it later. It says, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So this new hope, this new covenant, this new high priest was based in something unknown, really, in the Old Testament. Grace, unmerited favor. Now... William McDonald says this, the people were never able to go into the presence of God in the most holy place. This enforced distance between God and man was a constant reminder that the sin question was not settled. So, in the Old Testament, this is kind of where they were. This next statement is strange to us in this building, but it's not strange to our world. Knowing about God is different than knowing God. That was really the issue in the Old Testament. They knew about God. It was impossible for them to directly go to God. And so as we move to the New Testament, there was always a better way. Remember where we're at, a little church, a little people in Italy, going through persecution, Jewish who have moved over into followers of Christ, 
debating because of the persecution whether to go back under the law, under the old system. So most Jews in the Old Testament knew about God, but they didn't really know God. Unlike today, in this room, if you're a Christ follower, you not only know about God, that's why we studied the Word of God, but you personally know Him. That's unbelievable to people outside here. And one of the things that comes to the office very often through emails is this statement. I've been in church all my life, Pastor Mark, and I never knew you could actually have a personal relationship with God. They never knew that they could know God and they could have a daily relationship with Him. It was shocking. Their religion was more about form, knowing about Him, studying about Him, the attributes of God. God is love. God is peace. They never had peace. They never experienced the love of God. They knew about it, but they never personally experienced. So not only can we know about God, but we have power to say no to sin because God actually lives in us. Now, there's an amazing thing. Turn with me to Acts chapter 4 for a moment. We'll be right back. I remember a few years ago when we were still at Merritt Island, a pastor, not from our church, but from another church, actually was a pastor from First Baptist of Merritt Island, where Adrian Rogers started many years ago when we came in 69. Adrian Rogers was the pastor at First Baptist of Merritt Island. Tremendous pulpit man. Oh, unbelievable. Of course, today he's with the Lord. Well, a series of pastors came after that, and I don't remember which one it was, but I thought it was very interesting. Because he gave his testimony, he said this, I went through all of seminary, got my degree, came out, and began teaching. And he said, I taught in a wonderful Baptist church. This isn't about Baptist, this is about a principle. Could be about Calvary Chapel or anything else. He said, I went and began teaching, and I would teach, and I would teach, and I would teach about salvation. People would come to the Lord. I forget how many years he was there, two or three years, and he finally said this. One Sunday as I went home, I realized I never personally accepted Jesus Christ. He was the pastor. See, he had so much head knowledge, it itself had never gone to his heart. So he actually had to get up and make this public confession in front of his congregation, which I'm sure shocked them. But I thought, right on. He came to personally know God. See, there's a big difference in knowing about him and having a personal relationship with God. Well, this reminded me when I was thinking about that process of the Old Testament people never being able to really do that. Acts chapter 4, look down to verse 13. This is the very thing that was happening in the days of the disciples right after Jesus went back to heaven. Verse 13. Remember, Peter and John were arrested by the Jewish religious leaders who knew about God, and they said this. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. You see, unschooled, 
Now, they weren't illiterate, but they didn't have formal religious training. The way they presented the truth with such clarity amazed the religious rulers because they knew they were unschooled. Well, where had they learned how to handle the Word of God? If they didn't go to Bible school, to rabbinic school, where did they learn to handle the Word of God? These ordinary laymen, numbers of them fishermen, well, they did it because they had access, which is what we've been talking. They had access to the person of Jesus personally. They walked with him for three years. As they did that, they watched, they observed, they were discipled. It was discipleship in action. Now, they didn't just know about Jesus. They knew him personally. And you remember that right after Jesus was raised from the dead, in the book of Luke, it tells us that they met with him and he breathed on them and they received their infilling as far as salvation. At that point, later in Acts chapter 2, they received the fullness of the Spirit. Now, what happened? Their time that they spent with Jesus made a mark on these men. Let me ask you, the time that you spend with Jesus, does it give you more than a knowledge about him? Is it evident that the character of Jesus is being seen in you and I? The boldness of Jesus? These men knew the scripture like Jesus. Do we? Do we understand? They shared the salvation just exactly like Jesus did. Why? Because they'd been with him. They were bold. They were speaking without fear. They held nothing back. It didn't come from knowing about Jesus. But these men, and I think it's interesting, notice what they say in verse 4. They had been with Jesus. If you have a had-been relationship with Jesus, it's not worth much. It has to be a fresh relationship with him. As I study for the teachings, I can't study thinking of my old notes or something in the past. It has to be fresh. It has to be now. God has to be speaking to me right now. And you have to be listening right now. Well, how did this boldness come? Well, you know, flip back to Acts chapter 1. Let's remind us a little bit, because I think this is important. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. The power that was resident was not some lingering contact with the past, but a current, vital, living relationship. Remember, Acts 1.8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. See, Jesus was alive in Peter and John right then, and it showed. It wasn't outdated. It was vibrant. It was real. I guess the question I have for all of us is this one. If you're a Christ follower, can you see the answer to this question? Do we have the mark of Jesus on us? Does it show? See, if it doesn't show, then we know about God. We know about Jesus. We can explain historically about Jesus. We can explain Jesus' teachings. But see, it has to be fresh. It has to be current. It has to be in me right now. So 
What we learned is Jesus is a better bridge to God because it got us not about God. It actually got us to the person of God through Jesus Christ. Now back to Hebrews chapter 7, verse 20. And it was not without an oath. Others became priests without an oath. But he became a priest with an oath when God said to him, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are priests forever. Remember back in Exodus, you don't need to turn there. Aaron and all the other priests ascended to their position because God instructed it. He set it up. In Exodus 28, he says, Have Aaron, your brothers, brought to you from among the Israelites so that they may serve me as priests. So God established a way for man in the Old Testament to have their sins covered. And that would be the person of the priest. Well, it was something that was assigned to Aaron and, of course, the tribe of Levi. And with that, they became priests because of a commandment from God. Now, that priesthood, as we learned last week, was limited, could only go so many years. And then also, God didn't swear to Aaron, you'd be a priest forever. God only did that to one person. In contrast, he did swear to his son. And you see in verse 21, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind, you are a priest forever. That came from Psalms 110. Jesus became a priest by divine appointment from God. And not only a priest, but God then confirmed it with an oath. I think there's three things you need to write. You probably have heard them before, but it's a good thing to remind us. There's three things God cannot do. One... God cannot lie. So if God gave an oath, and God said, you are a priest forever, Jesus is a priest for how long? Forever. Why? Because God can't lie. God cannot lie. So the oath wasn't necessary. The oath was just a little icing on the cake. It was just another way for man to understand that God is serious about this. Second thing God can't do, God cannot fail. God never fails. His purposes are always, always fulfilled. So that's a great thing for me in my life. To know as I move, by the way, I fail. But God never fails. He's always, always perfectly right. And maybe the third thing's a challenge for us. It is for me. The Bible reminds us that God cannot be pleased without faith. All the time, we want to see God. We want God's presence to be right here. You remember Thomas? Unless I touch the wounds, I won't believe that you were resurrected. Jesus said, go ahead. But blessed are those who never see me, never touch me, and yet believe that I am. So faith is necessary in your life. Very often we struggle with that. When we get to Hebrews chapter 11, it'll be a great, great series because we'll just go through those men and women of faith in the Old Testament. They never did see this direct access to God. They never had it. They knew it was coming, but they had faith that it was coming, but they simply never saw it. We have that access. Now, look at verse 22 again. Because of this oath, Jesus has become the guarantee, or if you're from Louisiana, the guarantee. 
of a better covenant. There's that word better over and over and over again. When we get to chapter 8, we'll hear much more about the new covenant. So I'm not going to go into that deep. But the old priesthood was the heart of the old covenant, the law. But because of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, God put aside, Jesus fulfilled the law. So it was put aside, and the new covenant came. Well, the new covenant was going to need a new priesthood as well. And of course, that's Jesus. So first thing, as far as better, is this. Jesus is the better priest, guaranteed. Now, God can't lie. This word guaranteed means surety or security. I know you, you know me. When you get something in the mail, and I got one of these things today, and it says guaranteed, and then you see an asterisk. And the writing, you got to have a magnifying glass to read the asterisk, don't you? Well, I got one of these today. This is about parking in Orlando. It's in this big book. It says, save 15%. Enter the We've Got You Covered sweepstakes. Asterisk. And then it gives here, well, this coupon's worth 15%, but it's not good during this time. It's not during this time. And how it appears it's not good. It's not good over here. And pretty soon you want to go what? Forget it. Because you know something isn't right with it when there's asterisks. What I think is so beautiful, if you look at that verse, let's look at that verse again. Because of this oath, Jesus has become the guarantee of a better covenant. I don't care what translation you have, there's no asterisks. Bottom line, what you see is what you get. Guaranteed. Finished. Case closed. It's over with. Done with. Now, what does that mean to us? Well, that means security or surety. So I have a high priest, Jesus. And he's the guarantee of everything that I need in my life. I have a high priest who guarantees to forgive me when I ask. What if this has not been one of your better weeks? And you've got three more days to go before the week's out. And the last time you asked God to forgive you, he said, I will. You have two more sins this week. How would you feel? You said, Pastor Mark, you said there was no asterisk. No, there isn't. Because 1 John 1, 9 says what? If I'll confess, how often will he? Every single time he'll forgive me. So I have a high priest who forgives me when I ask. I have a high priest who guarantees to provide me access whenever I pray. I have access to God. I have a high priest who guarantees to never substitute, this is huge, condemnation for conviction. You learned today about the importance of the priesthood of Aaron. Pastor Mark taught that these religious people were the only bridge the Jews had to God. The constant offerings of sacrifices reminded them of their sinfulness and that they couldn't get forgiveness without this system. The frustration was that this only covered their sin. It didn't remove it. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark's going to continue his teaching, Jesus, our High Priest. He's going to dive in further as to the impossibility of the priesthood of Aaron to actually do what needed to be done, which was to permanently remove sin. You'll hear more about the how and why of Jesus being the perfect sacrifice and then becoming the perfect high priest. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurry.